Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Welcome back to Believe in Colts. I'm Lawrence Owen. With me, as usual, is my guy, Gerard Powers. We are here on a beautiful Monday morning, a little bit cooler than what it has been the last week or so. Gerard, how are you doing, my guy? Doing good, man. Doing good. Just Got some chores to do around the house, following the wife orders a little bit. Uh, you know, typical kids got practice, schools getting ready to end this week and all of that type of stuff. So it's really back to daddy duty days, which uh, I'm, I'm gearing up for the summer. What oh. about you? Well, uh, not too bad. Not too bad. Just, uh, just you know, living the life, you know, as, as a normal person would do from day to day, trying to just get by seeing the gas prices jump over seven dollars a gallon in parts of the country holy cow uh that just that scares the heck out of me i don't know i'm sitting there thinking man i have a trailblazer and to fill my tank up right it'd be cheaper for me to buy a bicycle than get one tank of gas right (laughs) i I know we've thought twice now about going certain places just off of the like, all right, now I got to pay, got to fill that gas tank up. So <laughs> right? uh, gas prices is crazy right now. It's oh, crazy. my goodness. Wow. Yeah. And, 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 and groceries, groceries are getting a little bit high too. Yep. Whew. Everything, everything is going up. Some got to change. Some got to shake. Yep. <laughs> well, let's, let's get off the, the everyday living. People ain't tuning into this to hear about, uh, you know, things that they're dealing with on their life basis as well. Uh, but uh, going into the NFL and other sports, I just want you guys to remember that our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the NBA and NHL playoffs, Major League Baseball, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started, so head over to the website or use your mobile device to join and use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. 
Well, we've had some interesting player news when it comes to the Indianapolis Colts this past week. We're going to start off with the first and, you know, for sure thing that happened, the signing of a former Denver Bronco uh, who, when he came in as an undrafted free agent, his first two years was pretty pretty remarkable for an undrafted free agent rookie in Philip Lindsay. What did you think of that signing, Drew? I thought it was a good signing. Uh, you're talking about a guy that's proven that he can uh, have some success uh, in this league. Like you said, came in, undrafted guy, got a chip on his shoulder and made the Pro Bowl, had a thousand yards rushing, you know, had some early success. And then the last couple of years, I think he's been battling a lot of injuries, uh, been to a, you know, a couple of different teams, different situations. And I think from Phillip's standpoint, he's just looking for the right fit, right situation, because uh, when you talk about the Colts and, and uh, what we're probably going to look like going into this season, when you look at a big arm like Matt Ryan, who likes to throw the ball, you look at Jonathan Taylor, who's a downhill running back. Um, you look at Hobbs, who's probably we probably got one of the better tandems uh, in the league right now. And if you add a third, you need three good running backs uh, on your roster, on your team. You know, uh, it's a long season. Guys get banged up. And then when you look at what Philip Lindsay can bring to the table, we're not just talking about a guy who rushed for a thousand yards in a season before. We're talking about somebody that can actually catch the ball out of the backfield and just do a little different, uh, have little different matchup situations that can be really effective in a team to where you got some matchup situations already in place uh, when you're just talking about the running back and uh, running back situation. So I think it's uh, one of those uh, type of signings. If it works, great. You know, low risk, high reward. Uh, type situation and if it don't work hey we can wash our hands and be done with it as well but if it does work I mean you're looking at three running backs that every time they get in the game there's a chance those guys can take it to the, to the house absolutely but uh, my my only thought on this was you know you already talked about we have a tandem already you know Jonathan Taylor Naheem Hines He's not going to take those guys' position. He's he's looking for that third running back spot, as you were discussing. But as we found out the last couple seasons, the Colts organization looks at that third running back spot on the 53 as someone who they really like to see on, you know, produce on special teams as well. That's one of the reasons why Deion Jackson was playing over Marlon Mack so much, you know, last year. Um, do, do you think that, that Philip would be uh, willing to, to take on some special teams roles as well, just to help out, to, to secure uh, that spot? I feel like if there's any position that fits his skill set, you know, I mean, he's, he's more of a returner type. You know, he's not a guy that's going to be playing these major spots uh, in, in, the, in the special teams position that you feel like is going to be like your bell cow. I mean, you look at Hans, I mean, he makes it, he makes his name on special teams as a returner, you know, which is just as big and just as important. So when you talk about the three running back, you know, situations, one of those guys is a key special teamers. If you look at it from that perspective, like he's our he's one of the better returners, you know, one of our best guys and best skill guys we got on our team. So I think uh, Ad and Phillip might can take the pressure off Hans a little bit as far as having all the the returner duties at a, at a hundred percent rate because his load is about to increase as the main uh, backup to Jonathan Taylor. So you're going to see him getting a lot of touches and getting features and all those type things as well. So if you replace him from the returner standpoint and add a Philip Lindsay, I don't think you're losing 
uh, much as as far as skill set. Now, production wise, Hans has proven like he can take that thing to the house, multiple touchdowns and all that. But I think they're more so looking at it from a bigger picture. Like, yeah, I know we got three running backs uh, on this roster, and one of these guys got to be a key key special teamers, and we do have that already in that situation with Hans. All right, all right. That's 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 good information to actually think about because you know that that was making me worried a little bit. You know, like I said, you know, uh, Dion was in kickoff coverage, you know, yeah. quite a bit. Uh, I mean, he was kind of highlighted during uh, an HBO special once. I don't know if you saw it where he took off down the field and they were in uh, uh, the the film room. <laughs> and the coach was like, here's Dion running down the oh, and he starts doing tumbles down the field. Uh that that was that was pretty oh that was awful yeah. to watch. Uh <laughs> you're, right, you're right in that thinking though. I mean, when you get three capable running backs, one of those guys gotta be a teamer. Like you're just not gonna be, you know, a running back on the 53 man roster and you're only getting, you know, certain amount of offensive snaps and that's it. You're gonna have to be able to play something else. And, uh, and I'm sure those two guys probably be like split in the same type reps when it comes to special teams. Maybe Lindsay might end up being more of a, on the kick, re, uh, kick return rather than punt return, you know? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, moving on to another guy who has been linked to the Indianapolis Colts by multiple sources, uh, former quarterback uh, that a lot of fans were like, Let's bring him in to back up Wentz last year, which I was completely against. I was like, oh, my goodness, this is that that would be an awful situation. That probably uh, that either. <laughs> sure, Nick, like, hell no. Heck no, man. <laughs> Nick Foles has been linked. Uh, rumor has it that it, uh, a signing could happen as early as tomorrow. What are your thoughts on this? I mean, I like it. I mean, again, you're talking about a guy that's proven, a guy that's done it, a guy that's kind of made his name off of, like, put me in when things is getting crazy. You know, don't don't make me your starter. You know, I, I don't have a lot of success as, as coming in and being the guy that's supposed to lead a team and doing all those type things as a starter uh, would project. But let me be that guy that can uh, come in and be that true role player, that true professional, and when my time is called, I'm ready for it. I mean, Nick Foles has made a career off of being the sixth man, quote unquote, like in basketball. Lou Williams, uh, point guard, you know, played forever with the Hawks, been on the Clippers. You know, everybody used to always say, like, why don't he just want to be a starter? He's that he's that good to be a starter, but he's won four or five six man awards coming off the bench. And I think Nick Foles and kind of created his own lane of, hey, like you can be one of the best backups you know, in the world by just preparing and being ready for your opportunity. But he embraces, you know, being that guy that's going to be on the sideline. If something were to happen to Matt Ryan, he can come in and he flourishes off of, you know, saving the day or or whatever the case may be. But it's kind of crazy because I played against Nick Foles, you know, when he was the guy in Philly, you know, when, when you know, Chip Kelly and all those guys, like when he became the guy in Philly and he had a, a big arm, uh, don't get me wrong. And even though those teams had a little big success, he hasn't had the success that he's had career-wise uh, compared to when he comes off as the second-string quarterback and something happened and he comes in uh, to, uh, like I said, save the day. So I'm, ex I'm excited about that because it just gives you assurance. And then when you look at him compared to Matt Ryan, you got two big guys. You know, you got two 
big quarterbacks that can see over the line of scrimmage and, and has a big arm. And I think that's what he's, he brings to the table. When Nick, when Nick does get his opportunity and he plays, he's one guy that's not scared to let that thing fly down the field. That's how he's made his name is off the big arm. So I like the signing. Yeah, I like the signing as well. Like I said, I was against it last year because the Carson Wentz drama just would not have been good. Right. Uh, but this year you got Matt Ryan, who's only missed three games in 14 years in the NFL. So you're not expecting him. But uh, Chris Ballard and this organization has been in that situation where they realize, hey, we need a viable experienced backup right because you never know what can happen um and nick Foles brings that he's not like i agree with you i don't want i would not have wanted him as my starter uh by no means he's he's not been good when he has to start a season to end the season he's just not good in that way but like you say coming in for a game two three stretch you know uh, just to fill in where the pressure is on his shoulders to not mess up. You know, he seems to perform at that next level uh, as, as opposed to just, you know, being secure in his position. So, and, and another point as well, Matt Ron's learning a completely different system. You know, I'm pretty sure coach Wright and, uh, and the guys are trying to do some things that Matt probably has done the past 14 years, as far as terminology and, you know, things of that nature to kind of, you know, get him not to have to learn a completely different, you know, I mean, an entire new playbook. So you bring in Nick Foles, somebody that knows the system, uh, been on the coach right, knows the ex expectations. You know, it'll be easy for Matt Ryan to learn from Nick Foles, just expectations, where people supposed to be, what does this mean, what am I supposed to look for? When it comes from player to player, and we're talking about two veterans two veterans that have won in this league. You know, uh, Matt Ron's been to the Super Bowl. Nick Foles have won a Super Bowl. And uh, Frank Wright, Coach Wright's been right there, you know, by his side through those times. I'm pretty sure Matt Ron and Nick Foles can meet without the coaches and, you know, go out to dinner and to talk about offensive scheme and offensive terminology and things that can help him, you know, get an advantage and get kind of a head start with this season going in. So I, I it, it's almost a signing that you're kind of looking at uh, from a situation in where Chris is trying to help Matt as well, trying to get guys that's familiar, you know, with the system, like I said, and uh, and and just trying to get Matt further along as much as possible. So if and when the signing happens tomorrow, in my opinion, that right there, that's your, that's your quarterback room right now on your 53-man roster uh, with the fact that, you know, you know that Matt Ryan just generally is an Iron Man. You don't expect him to get hurt. And Nick Foles is that guy, uh, that backup guy. Um, now I'm looking at guys like Sam Ellinger. You know, where's he going to fit in? I don't think he fits in on the 53-man roster at this point. I think that, you know, this is a situation where the Colts will probably, unless he lights it up in training camp and preseason, uh, probably release him and try to get him on the practice squad uh, going into the season when they make their 53-man cuts. Uh, do you think they, they'll keep more than two quarterbacks at that point? Uh, possibly they can. It just depends on how everything go. Um, you know, when you look at it from a GM standpoint, like right now, you're just throwing the darts out there. Whatever sticks, whatever happens, that's how it happens. So when you look at Sam's, um, you know, guy that's been drafted. Now, when you're talking about the coach organization, they normally don't cut, you know, draft picks unless you're just totally don't have any potential, whatever the case may be. So like you said, 
I think it's a situation where if they do have to cut him, they will, but they definitely want to bring him back because when you're talking about Matt Ryan and Nick Foles, you're looking at a window for Matt Ryan. You're not looking mm-hmm. at Matt Ryan to be the quarterback the next 10 years. It mm-hmm. might be a situation where they're like, man, if we can keep Sam here to develop another year, another two years, another three years under Matt Ryan, under Nick Foles, whatever the case may be, when that time comes to look for another quarterback, at least you got somebody – that's been under your system, under your roof, uh, that's your draft pick for the past four or five years to where you can legitimately give him an opportunity now, give him a shot before you just go out looking to rebuild from scratch. So it might be one of those situations to where if they have to cut him, they're going to try their damn best to make sure don't nobody oh, will well, pray, don't nobody pick him up off the wire and get him back so he can get all of those practice reps and be in those meeting rooms and do all of those things. Um, but if it's a situation where, you know, certain positions might not need that max number that they always look for and, you know, it's thin at this position or whatever the case may be, if they can keep them on the roster, I'm sure that they'll, they'll try to do that as well. Speaking of trying to develop players, organized team activities, or as fans know at OTAs, uh are coming up i believe they start wednesday is the 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 first day of of these otas and when when looking at these otas this is this is more about this is that time uh correct me if i'm wrong where players and coaches are looking to develop guys right and to and to work on on the players to get better this is that that specific time that first point in the offseason where they they look to do that, bring in the new guys, get them to understand everything and, and work well together. Is, is, that, is that how that works out? Uh, yes and no. Coach situation a little different. Now, say if this was a, a team that, you know, we're returning our core guys, we got veterans in place, we got the same coaching staff in place, all those type things. You kind of treat OTAs as more so of maintenance, sharpen the tools, uh, let the young guys that um, that maybe not didn't play as much as you like uh, from the past season, let them get the majority of the reps. And you want to make sure your vets just stay in shape and stay healthy or get healthy because there's a lot of people probably still dealing with certain issues, certain injuries uh, from the past year. But with the coach situation, you know, you're looking you're looking at a team that's trying to make sure every piece is in place, that a team that's trying to make sure that when the season starts, you know, we're a playoff contending team immediately. Like you don't have really that window to give certain guys, you know, certain amount of reps or whatever the case may be, even though you're going to try to do that. But you got to think like we got Matt Ryan here. He hasn't been here. Matt Ryan is trying to get every rep possible with every with every person that's going to be on that field on Sunday. You're trying to you're trying to squeeze in chemistry. You're trying to squeeze in so many different things just because at certain positions, um, it's such a position of importance that you 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 don't have time for somebody else to take reps uh, that's needed. So I, I would say OTAs this year for for the Colts has probably got a little bit more urgency in it compared to other teams uh, where they kind of can take it in a little slow and build it up. Like when I was in Arizona, like we returned the same core guys for for four straight years. So OTAs like we used to get like the first two or three reps. And then the next six or seven, like the coaches made sure we stayed out. They was more so just trying to keep everybody in shape and uh, keep them healthy and getting ready for that season. But like you said, we got so many positions that that that's so important and so many young guys at these positions to where, you know, we're going to make sure those guys get as enough reps as possible. 
uh, because you don't want to get to training camp thinking like we still got to let such and such and such and such develop. Like you get to training camp. It's like, no, we got first team right here, second team right here. These are the only people getting the reps because we got to get ready to play in a few weeks. So I think I think for the Colts, uh, like I said, this OTA is a lot more urgency probably is going on compared to most teams who probably got their same core guys coming back. So it's it's kind of like trying to get the the new guys chemistry with each other and and uh, work that work that playbook. So it's not just you know book reading. It's it's transferring that to on the field. Yeah. So you you don't want guys to become robotic if that makes sense. And when I say mm -hmm. robotic, that means they're doing everything directly by the book. You want these guys to get as many as reps, uh, many reps as possible just so they can start talking about more so experience rather than a rule or whatever the situation may be. So the more reps guys get, the more comfortable uh, they feel, good or bad reps. Like you can have a day to where, you know, guys didn't have a, a great practice, but it's still beneficial in developing in that chemistry and getting all those kinks and all those things out of the way because you don't want, like I said, you don't want to get the August or the season and you're still dealing with certain type of mistakes and certain type of uh, things that guys are getting wrong. So OTAs is that time for guys to mess up, but you're going to mess up with a sense of urgency. Like I said, I'm pretty sure the coaches are not, you know, allowing a couple mess ups from the same player, if that makes sense. So it's a, it's a little bit more urgency to where we need guys to catch on right now rather than thinking that you got time. As a player in OTAs, what are some things that you would like to hear the coaches tell you during OTAs? And what are some things that you don't want to, you know, the, the things that a coach might say to you that you're like dreading hope doesn't happen? The, the main thing you don't want to happen is have an injury uh, during OTAs. Like you don't want a skilled guy with a hamstring injury. You don't want uh, o lineman, d lineman with any type of pec injuries or any type of things that's going to linger, you know, on out to the season. You want to leave OTAs as healthy as possible. I'm talking like 100% healthy too. Not, not oh, he'll be fine in a couple weeks, so he'll be fine when the season starts. You want to know exactly when OTAs is over what your roster is going to look like going forward. You don't want to have to be waiting on to see if such and such is going to respond to surgery and be ready to play by week two. Like, you don't want to have to go through that right now. And the main thing, the good things that you want to hear is just the guys are playing fast. The guys are catching on fast. Uh, the, the practice tempo is, is top notch. Guys look like they're ready to go. Like, you just want to hear the positives on how guys are moving and how the chemistry is coming along. Because like I said, OTAs is a time for mess ups. It's a time for guys to try certain different things, different techniques, guys to work on, you know, different movements or whatever the situation may be, because you know you're going against yourself at the end of the day. Like you're literally watching film on yourself and seeing how you can perfect a certain technique or, you know, a certain whatever. Because when you get to August, you get to team, you're not watching yourself as much. You're trying to prepare for the Broncos. You're trying to prepare for Jacksonville. So you, you don't really got much time to self-scout. Even though you need to, you don't have the time to because, you know, the, the weeks go by fast. You look up, it's week four. You look up, it's week eight. You know, like you don't have time to settle down or, or slow down, if that makes sense. So right now, you just want to hear everybody's healthy and everybody's moving and catching along. The chemistry looks good. You want to hear Matt Ryan is happy. He liked the young receivers. You want to see, you know, certain guys that's in year two, year three, that's making huge jumps. 
uh, just flashing out in OTAs uh, or whatever the case may be, because you want to see some new names start to pop up as 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 uh, the names that people need to get familiar uh, familiar with. Uh, and that's that opportunity and that time for when it happens. So is also is OTAs uh, uh, the time for when rookies come in and is this where they start looking for the the player mentorship like when, when they walk in and they look for someone to connect with like say Alec Pierce looking at another wide receiver or at Matt Ryan to try to to build that not just on the field but just to pick brains and things of that nature right that stuff happens but it happens organically uh, a lot of okay. people think that you know, a certain guy walk into the room and it's got a certain vet or a certain leader that's saying like, hey, I'm assigned to mentor you or I'm assigned to help you come along. It, it doesn't it doesn't really go like that. Um, I know people gave uh, Ron Tannehill a hard time when he said that, you know, if Malik Willis, you know, decides to learn from you, that's great. You know, even though that's kind of a bad way to look at it, you know, but he's not wrong in his thinking like it's not his job you know, to mentor somebody that's trying to take your spot. But if you got if you're in the right culture, it's almost like a another unwritten law, like with the coach culture, like for years, forever, it's been the vets always bring the young guys up. They always take them under their wing. They always make sure that they're OK. Uh, but the young guys right now are going into the room and just trying to learn where the bathroom at, trying to remember the names of the cooks and all that. They got a lot that they're doing right now. And you'll just hope the vets that are around are just is just there organically to help them whenever they're needed. Uh, if that if that makes sense, it's it's not a vet that's necessarily saying, "Hey, you need to do this or you need to do that." It's more so vets that when they see a rookie or a young guy not doing what they're supposed to do, they're right there to pick them up or to straighten them out or whatever the case may be. Because that goes a long way because they don't have to do it. So when a rookie don't ask you know, for a certain person to help and that person organically helps, it goes a long way far as uh, going forward in the future and all that, because then it becomes more so of an expectation. So when his time comes, he makes sure he does the same thing with the rookies that come under him. Huh? See, I would have thought that, you know, as a rookie coming into the NFL, I would be all about wanting to learn, especially if with, uh, certain positions i'd be all up on 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 grabbing guys that i know were very successful on the team and trying to pick brains on hey what would you do in this situation or or not to cut you off i'm sorry uh not to cut you off but they probably want to do that but you got to think when you're a rookie coming in you just can't go up to robert mathis and sit with him at, at at lunch and you know what i mean you just can't walk up to Robert like like you almost want to prove yourself to these guys before they start tagging you along and doing all because like I said right now the roster's not set so you're not going to see too many veterans investing in all this energy and all this time to help a rookie along that might be there to take their spot you know what I'm saying you're not going to see that happen but when the season starts and the 53 is set that's when you start seeing vets like, hey, man, come to dinner with us on Thursday night. Hey, man, we're doing this. You know, stay after to watch film because the team is set. Now everybody just got to play their role for it to work. But right now you got so many people that's fighting for jobs, that's fighting for opportunities, that's 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 trying to do whatever they can to get whatever they can to get noticed by a coach, to buy a scout, anything. So you see a lot of vets in the room 
that that don't got that pressure on them to where they make a day of work and OTAs look light. You know, they're happy. You know, they're talking to everybody. They know there's not like their normal workload to where a rookie in the offseason is doing. Like he got memes at this time. He got, you know, um, off the field means that it's so much like their whole schedule is booked from morning until probably six, seven that night with just different stuff that they have to do. Just being a rookie, like protocol, NFL type stuff, meetings and all that type of stuff that they have to go to. So in the OTAs for vets, it's almost just like that's why you will see back in the day, like Robert Mathis, Dwight Freeney came for a week and then they were gone for two weeks, three weeks. Uh, just because it's not mandatory and their presence is not necessarily needed. But when minicamp comes and when those type things come to where they know that these guys is getting these reps or probably the guys is going to be on the 53, they're, they're, they're there to observe, to work, to go through the whole process with them. Because like I said, that's when it goes a long way with the rookies. But in OTAs, it's more so of the, the rookies trying to figure everything out. What's the address to the facility? Let me make sure I save this in my phone so I know how to get to work in the morning. What's the cook's name? What's my coach's name? I, like some rookies might not even remember all the coaches just because there's so many new faces and new people around them that it's just hard to do all that type of stuff. So OTAs is for the rookies to get adjusted, get accumulated with everybody and all that. But once mini camp starts and all that, that's when you'll know who's getting reps and who's with what group and who is starting to you know, make a name for himself or whatever the case may be, because you're with the veterans, you're with the guys that's going to be there on Sunday. What about the new veterans like uh, Gilly and, and Gakwe and Ryan and those, are, the, are they kind of using this time very similar to what the rookies are using it for? Yeah, very similar, but probably not getting the reps like how rookies going to get. Like, like for instance, like Stefan Gilmore is like, how many coverages can you run? I mean, you're, you're one of the best corners in the freaking world and you've been on a few different teams you played in every scheme possible so it's like what really more can Steph Stefan Gilmore learn by going through an OTA he's just trying to learn new terminology trying to figure out his spots to where he's going to do certain things and matchups and all those type things but he's right now trying to remember everybody's name and you know do all those things as well you just won't see Gilly getting you know, all the reps that maybe a younger guy would get in OTAs just because, like I said, Gilly's been there. He's done it. We know what Gilly can do. We we don't need Gilly today. We need to make sure Gilly is 100% healthy on Sunday when August get here. Okay. All right. Yeah, I, <laughs> I'm going to bring this up. I didn't plan on bringing this up, but I saw a, uh, a list of top 10 quarterback duos uh, in the NFL uh, okay. that was posted on Twitter. And – um, the uh, Gilmore and, and uh, the Colts had no duo on there. And I was like, looking at it, I was like, man, Kenny Moore and Gilmore should be in the top 10. Don't you think? Yeah, I do think that, but I think the league looks at, uh, looks at Kenny Moore as more of an inside slot rather than, uh, outside just standalone corner if that makes sense so i think i think the list probably was going off of right and left corner tandems rather than who got the best two secondary guys that you probably can think of in the league which i feel like you know will definitely be top 10 in that category so it probably got a little bit misconstrued with how they look at kenny mo i look at kenny mo as just a football player you know i don't want to just put him as a nickel put him as a i feel like if gilly more play if he if he uh i'm sorry i said gilly more 
if Kenny, <laughs> Kenny Moe played safety, I feel like he'll be just as successful. You know, I think he's just one of those guys you can plug him in in any position and he's going to ball. You know, so I just call him a football player. He's he's Tyron Matthew 2.0 or Tyron Matthew disciple. You know, Tyron kind of put that stamp on. I'm not, you know, a safety. I'm a football player. I play corner. I play nickel. I can play it all. And I think Kenny Moore is the next wave of guys that's doing that. You know, that's doing that. Well, thank you. Now I'm going to my next tweet will be about Gilly Moore. Um uh, the tan- it'll, it'll be the name for the tandem you know how you know you get a marriage or a couple a power couple and you you know put those two guys two names together but we got gilly moore now guys uh that is awesome i don't know how uh how stefan or or uh kenny will feel about that but i don't think you have to do is get a shirt made send it to them they'll love it yeah there you go oh, gilly moe <laughs> all right um is there look we're what about 30 minutes in is there uh anything else we want to discuss before we end up killing this no nah, man we could talk uh what's your favorite matchup on the schedule what what game, game you see uh or are you looking forward to the most because i saw some go outside of the afc south obviously obviously you can't go with divisional rivals but let me let me bring it up so i can look at it real quick um Honestly, there's there's a lot of them that awesome. I really really like. Yeah. Uh, obviously, uh, uh, the 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 Chiefs game is going to be a, a fantastic one to watch. Um, but in my opinion, I actually can't wait. Like the Steelers hosting the Steelers will be fantastic in my opinion because. The Indianapolis Colts have had historically have had problems against the Steelers, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I could, probably would have won the Super Bowl that year, two thousand. I think was it two thousand five? Uh, the cutback. The cutback. Yeah, yeah I think so. Yeah, because it was twenty five. So I used to get a lot of slander uh, from that when I got to the Colts in two thousand nine. Believe it or not, you know, five years later, people was like would DM me on Twitter or, or blast me for something that happened when I was a freshman in college. Cause they thought it was. <laughs> wow. Wow. Well, it, it's been going back with the, the rivalry between the Steelers and the Colts. Uh, it's not really been a rivalry either. It's been all Steelers. It's, it, it's been worse being when you're looking at team versus team where the other team has dominated you than it has been with the, the Patriots Colts. You gotta remember, um, AFC Championship back when um, uh, uh, the, before Peyton, right? Um, Harbaugh was the quarterback, you know, and the and the pass that was dropped. Uh, that that happened, um, and then we got what you were talking about the other uh, the playoff game. Um, the last couple times the Colts have played the Steelers, right? We uh, we've lost. Uh, we had uh, Brissett went out. And ended up having Hoyer the destroyer in, and he ended up throwing the pick six to um, uh, the safety. Uh, man, my my brain is uh, stopped. They they picked him up from Miami that year. Uh, Fitzpatrick. Yes, thank you, Mika. Um, and then it's just that defense is so good in Pittsburgh. Uh, just it's an amazing, very aggressive defense, and. I want to see the Colts 
come out on. And that's a Monday night football game at home. You know, that's a game that you're going to have a lot of, you know, people watching. It's national. You want to perform well in a game like that, especially against a team that has historically had your number. So that's 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 the biggest game for me to watch. I got you. I think my biggest one is either going to be the Commanders, just off a of storyline alone, just off a of storyline. Yeah. It's either going to be the Commanders or I'm going to have to say the Patriots. And I'm going to say that just off of with Mac Jones starting his career over there. I'm hoping that that rivalry can get back to where it used to be. I, it's just good for football when the Patriots are good and the Colts are good and they're meeting when something is on the line. Football is normally just great that entire year. So uh, I'm looking forward for those two matchups. Yeah, that's another situation. The Patriots-Colts, I can't really call it a rivalry right now because the, Col- the, the Patriots have dominated the Colts. Now, the Colts won last year yeah. uh, against the Patriots. If they can win two in a row back-to-back years, uh, one there, one at home, then possibly we could start looking at it as a rivalry because we're starting to even up that a little bit. And that you're right that that's always great for uh, for the fan base, the NFL fan base in general. Um, so that, that's also great. Uh, the obviously the Chargers Monday Night Football game will be a great one as well. Uh, the, the Colts have a lot of good games scheduled. Raiders, there. Raiders are big. Yep. Oh, always. AFC. Colts Raiders, always great. AFC is going to be tough, man. AFC is tough this year. The Look. toughest game, I think, for the Colts to win this year, like the game that if, – if I'm looking at the schedule and I'm going, I don't think the Colts have a chance at winning this game. Which I, there is one, and that's at Denver. Uh, that is going to be a tough one. That's going to be a tough one. I don't know. I like the Colts at Denver. I like it. If it was at home – I think it would be different, but I don't think Russ, I don't think Russ does what everybody's hoping he's going to do in Denver. I think he's going to have a 2.0 Peyton Manning type type run at Denver. And I I don't think it's going to happen. That's just me personally. I'm just saying playing in Denver at mile high, that that elevation. Yeah. I've done that with the coach going over there. It's tough. Don't get me wrong, but we beat the we beat the mess out of the Broncos. When we <laughs> but uh, but no, were they as talented as they are now? Uh, probably not necessarily. At the they had wide receivers, Demetrius Thomas. Uh, they had Floyd. Uh, they had some good wide receivers, good running back. But at the time, Kyle Orton was a QB, which he was a good QB, you know, back then. But he wasn't somebody that would scare you, I guess even though he lit us up before when uh, Brendan Marshall caught 22 passes. Right. (laughs) I remember that game. I watched that game. I was like, how are we letting this happen? (laughs) Every catch was like a 10-yard average. He didn't have any touchdowns, though, so that's what saved us. (laughs) Was you covering him? I had him a couple times, but he was normally outside on the on the on the outside as the X, and I was always a sub personnel. I was like, in regular, I was outside, but sub i would play the nickels so i didn't see him as much okay all right well i mean to be fair brandon marshall was a a, a big dude you know he's one of the best receivers in his yeah era. yeah <laughs> I, he, he, brandon brandon marshall kind of remind me of michael pittman jr in physical stature you style. know what i mean yeah. size and style yep mm-hmm. yep yep 
hopefully, hopefully Michael Pittman will end up living up to that. You know, I just compared you to Brandon Marshall. So now you got to get 23 catches in a game, dude. <laughs> Break that record. <laughs> uh, is there a game that worries you the most? Uh, the only, uh, the only thing that worries me outside of, uh, the AFC South, like I said, is just like, like, like it would suck to play one of those top AFC, AFC teams so late when it was some on, on the line. So that's why I was like that Patriots kind of late, you know, it might mean something that Raiders kind of late might mean something, but I don't think it's a game that just like, Hey, I don't like our chances versus here. Like I said, we got a quarterback now, man, like Matt Ryan can light you up on any given Sunday. Like he's proven that. So I, I, I kind of like our chances this year. What do you think about uh, having five out of the six divisional games in the first seven weeks of the season? See, I don't like that. That's what I don't like. And the, the reason I don't like it, because nobody is who they are yet. You know, mm-hmm. like you can you can start off kind of shaky or start off kind of slow and having those division games so early, like you can get put in the eight ball a little bit, fall behind a little bit if you don't get off to that hot start. So I wish those would spread it out for a little bit, but hey, it's just one of those. It is what it is. Uh, I think everybody knows uh, the biggest threat in the AFC South is pretty much the Titans. Uh, And we've had their number way more times than they've had ours, even though they've done great the past few years or whatnot. Uh, But I still think they're chasing us rather than us chasing them. You know, at the end of the day, when you just look at it from a totality uh, standpoint, um, you know, so I'm looking forward to that rivalry getting back to what it used to and, you know, things like that. But um, but yeah, but I don't like I don't like the games being so early because, uh, like I said, you can you can get off to a little slow start. And if you get behind in a division so early, you know, it's hard to it's hard to climb yourself out of that hole sometimes. Well, we've seen it a few times this past. I mean, last year we started off 0-3 and had to go through that meet and the Colts just ran out of gas at the end of the year. Right. Um, and then, you know, multiple times we start out, what, one in five a few years ago, you know, ended up making the playoffs. Cause I think we ran on a 10 win streak or something like that, yep. but you can't count on that year in oh. year out. I mean, come on now. Definitely tough. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks so much, uh, Gerard for taking time out again on this beautiful Monday morning. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, if you are listening to this, thank you so much. Make sure you download it. Don't forget, we are now on Sirius XM Radio, so you can check us out there as well. And if you're watching this on YouTube, please smash that like button. And wherever you're watching or listening to this, please share to your favorite social media because it is you that can help us get out to a larger audience. And until next time, uh, this was Believe in Colts brought to you by Bet Online. I'm Lawrence Owen. That was Gerard Powers, and as usual, go Colts. Go Colts. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.